Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and a producer of quality fertilizer products. Grow the future with Yara. Hello again. I'm Ken Rundle and I'm joined by Natalie Wood, Agronomy Operations Manager with Yara, to talk about micronutrients and biostimulants with the emphasis on cereals. Micronutrients, remember, are just as important for plant growth as nitrogen, phosphate and potash, but needed and applied, Natalie, in far smaller quantities. Yeah, hi, Ken. So, um, yeah, as you've mentioned, micronutrients indeed are required in smaller quantities within the plant. Um, If we take, say, manganese as an example, you might apply one litre per hectare of, say, Mantrac Pro, which has 500 grams per litre in it. Therefore, you're only applying, say, 500 grams to a whole hectare. So, you know, if we compare that to MPK and S, where you could be applying between 30 up to 300 kilograms of those per hectare, then, you know, we can see why they're called micronutrients. Um, If we take the guideline levels of micronutrients in the plant tissue, then, you know, we're talking between 0.1 to 35 parts per million. Whereas the major and secondary nutrient guidelines, you know, are thought of as a as a percentage. So, um, yeah, slightly different. Um, and I know I've spoken about it before, but if we go back to Liebig's law of the minimum, you know, it states if one of the essential plant nutrients is deficient, plant growth will be poor even when all the other essential nutrients are abundant. So, you know, that means that even if you have adequate levels of MPK, S, etc., if you're deficient in manganese, as an example, then you're going to limit your yield um, you know, from its potential. So what we want to do really is remove any of those limiting factors um, where we're able to control such as nutrient deficiencies, but, you know, because we sure can't control the limiting factors such as light and rainfall, etc. So Take the holistic view. You've already mentioned one. What nutrients are we talking about here and what kind of things do they do? I guess if we're talking about cereals, um, then the key nutrients are magnesium, manganese, copper and zinc. Um, if we start with magnesium, um, obviously it's it's not termed a micronutrient, but it's one of the secondary. Um, it's a key component of the chlorophyll molecule, and therefore it's really important, obviously, for photosynthesis um, and obviously the, the efficiency of photosynthesis as well. Um, and of course, we know that's a fundamental process of um, plant growth. So it's converting solar energy into chemical energy within plants. And obviously, we don't want to limit that light interception at, at any point because that effectively equates to yield. Um, A deficiency symptom, as you would expect, is pale leaves because the chlorophyll production isn't working as it should be. Um, And in really severe cases of deficiency, then you'll even see, you know, necrosis of the leaf margins um, of those plants. And of course, once that's happened, you can't come back from that. Those parts of the plants have died. Manganese, as as the next one, um, is important for a range of things really within the plant, such as good establishment, tillering, um, improved resistance to disease, um, and also better grain quality. Um, It can be, you know, the deficiency itself can be exacerbated by high pH soil or cold wet periods. So if you have a particularly cold and wet period, you might start to see some deficiency symptoms. Um, and also fluffy soils, um, which sounds like a nice thing. But um, yeah, it's, it's important to make sure that soils are nice and consolidated. I mean, it's a classic if you think of where tram lines kind of look greener. That's due to them being more compacted. And this um, increases the manganese availability. Not that I'm, of course, suggesting that we want to compact our soils. But of course, you know, just rolling will will do the job. I know with livestock, certain soils, certain areas of the country are deficient in particular minerals, and that can affect all kinds of things to do with animal health. Presumably, it's the same thing with nutrition with arable crops. 
Yeah, so copper is um, really important for fertility in cereals. Um, you can start to manipulate the number of grains per ear, for example, by having sufficient levels of copper in the plant. Um, and that's why you'll see that the deficiency symptoms, often there's blind spikelets, um, but also with copper, you'll start to see white tips and curled leaves. Um, and again, that can be kind of made worse by certain soil conditions. And another um, nutrient that's key for fertility is zinc. Um, and as I mentioned that earlier as well for cereals. So again, you can affect the number of grains per ear. So we need to really make sure that those both copper and zinc, the levels are sufficient um, if we want to ensure that we're not impacting on that potential grain number per ear, because obviously grain number per ear then equates to yield. So we don't want to you know, impact upon that at all. And these are all generally applied in liquid form as foliar feeds? Yeah, so all our Yaravita products are foliar um, applied. So it's it's a very efficient way of getting the, the nutrients into the leaf. Um, you know, we put a lot of work into the formulations to make sure that they efficiently get um, in, into the leaf surface and get where they need to in the plant. And certainly, you know, foliar is, is the best way to do that, really. And they're compatible with any other tank mixes. There's no problem there. Um, well, I, they, I'm not going to say they're compatible with alls, but we do have a tank mix um, app or there is the tankmix.com where you can go on there and check check your tank mix because we know that, you know, quite often you might be up at a seven, eight way tank mix with some of the, the products at this time of year. So certainly double check that, um, that they are um, compatible. If your mixture isn't on there, then you can request that as well. So our lab will do a, um, a bucket test, etc., to um, see whether you know whether that's compatible, um, and then you'll get the results back, and you'll you'll know. Obviously, it doesn't test for efficacy in terms of whether they they work um, any more efficiently, but um, it will. You know, you're not going to get um, your product turning into sludge in in the uh, sprayer. I know a key general concern of yours is nutrient efficiency. It's a, something you focus on a lot. What are the things to consider here? Timings, applications? Um, yeah, so I guess what we want to do with micronutrients is we don't want to wait until the deficiencies are there. Um, you know, once you can see the symptoms, it's it's not necessarily too late to, to rectify the issue, but you are, you are already losing yield. Um, so what we kind of term that is the hidden hunger phase. You want to try and pick up on that phase, which is when there's no symptom present, but you know the, the levels are already starting to get low. So ideally, you want to be able to put the, um, the nutrients on during that phase, and then you won't get to that symptom um, phase where it's a bit too late. Um, and certainly the only way that you can really do that is with tissue testing. So um, with a tissue test, you can obviously, if you're taking them routinely, you can see what's in the plant at that point in time and know whether it's during that hidden hunger phase and then you can rectify it. Um, and in terms of timing, you know, key timing is obviously in the spring for most micronutrients. If we're thinking of T0, for example, then foliar phosphate for that to kickstart the growth. Um, but T1 would be the main timing for most micronutrients. Um, so your manganese, uh, copper, zinc, etc. It's all about measuring to manage. Yeah, definitely. So uh, certainly the, the tissue testing helps with that. Um, if you if you don't have the data, then you can't manage. And it is tissue rather than soil analysis in this particular instance. You get a far better understanding of what's going on. 
Yeah, because when you're doing a tissue test, you know, you're looking at exactly what's in the crop at that point in time. Um, doing a soil analysis kind of is great for giving you a background, but it's not telling you how efficiently that crop is taking up those nutrients. So if you do a, a tissue test, then you know exactly what's in the crop and then you can adjust that accordingly with with applications. It's worth mentioning here that your comments are informed by a wealth of accumulated data now. You do have maximum amount of facts and figures to, to quote here. Yeah, so certainly I think um, having a look at the lab the other day, I think they've had over 100 million samples in through that lab. So we've certainly got a wealth of data there. So um, that's enabled us to you know, create these growth stage specific guidelines so that we're not just recommending the same amount of, of um, product that's needed all the way through. We can really break it down into at this time of year, zinc is particularly important, whereas it might not be at as important at other times of year. So that's really enabled us to be much more dynamic and accurate with our recommendations. Now, I mentioned biostimulants when I introduced this topic, and so far we haven't mentioned them. Where do they fit into this picture? Yeah, I mean, the term biostimulants can cover a lot of things, really. So we could be talking amino acids, plant hormones, you know, all sorts of things within that term. So it's quite broad, really. Um, but if we think of, of Yara specifically, um, then we have our biotrack product, which is um, Ascophil nodosum algae extract, as well as some um, nutrients as well in there. So mostly, you know, biostimulants are, are really developed to alleviate stresses on the plant. But of course, it, it can be quite hard to predict when the crop is going to go through a stressful situation. We know at certain times of year, obviously, uh, frosts, etc. You know, you can predict those kind of things, but we can't often predict droughts, etc. So it, it can be quite difficult to get the timing of these right. Um, but what we do see is in the work that we've done, then when we see a, a biostimulant in combination with some of our other Yaravita products, for example, um, then we always see an increase with that. So if you're going with, just as an example, on a maize trial, we had maize boost on its own, and then we had maize boost plus the, the biostimulant biotrack, and we saw, I think, a, about a three or four ton increase um, in the fresh matter there. So, you know, we do see a difference, but it is mainly when we're seeing it in combination with other micronutrient products. So as we come to the end of this chat, what are the key points you want to, to focus on, to remember, to go away from this, uh, this podcast with? Yeah, so I think, you know, we've, we've spoken about why micronutrients are important and how they can really impact upon the crop. So, you know, in a year that where some of the major nutrients we might not be able to put on in insufficient amounts due to, you know, everything that's going on, at least we can try and, you know, make sure that all the micronutrients are in sufficient supply so the crop can work as efficiently as it can um, in the current climate. Um, using things like biostimulants can help if we're trying to alleviate stress um, or if we're using them in combination with, with other micronutrients. Clear and to the point. Thanks for that, Natalie. Natalie Wood is Yara's Agronomy Operations Manager. I'm Ken Rundle, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time focusing on potatoes, brassicas, and field veg. Join me and a duo of Yara's experts then. Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.